The Pelicans brought it to end the season against the Los Angeles Lakers, and with that win, it told you a lot about the Pelicans in a positive way. I'll explain how and why in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go! You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with y'all on this New Year's Day. Happy New Year to you and yours. Hope you had a fun evening. Sorry for coming to you a little bit late here, was out after the Pelicans game last night celebrating a fun victory for the Pelicans too over the Los Angeles Lakers, kind of dominating fashion, 129-109. We'll break down the big performances in this game because it actually told you a lot about the team. Spacing, role players stepping up. And then I want to look at the last 10 games for the Pelicans because they are playing really good basketball. Today's episode of Locked On Pelicans brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. And of course, thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Become an everyday or listen Monday through Friday to Locked On Pelicans. We'll be back usual time. I'm going to record Basically, tomorrow's show almost right after this one, so it'll be available for you tonight on YouTube, always the next day, right away on the podcast side of things. So now that the holidays are over, we're back to regularly scheduled timing on everything. So I appreciate everyone bearing with me over the past week as it's been at times sporadic, but we've had shows when we need to have shows. So let's get into this one. You love to see what the Pelicans did against the Los Angeles Lakers, 129-109. Look, they got LA in an advantageous position. The Lakers playing on the second night of a back-to-back, a little bit tired on New Year's Eve, wanting to probably just get the heck out of New Orleans and just go do their thing. Led to the Pelicans more or less running them out of the building, but the tone was set early on in this one. And it was with three-point shooting. The Pelicans took 10 threes in the first quarter of this game, making seven of them. You know, three-point shooting, along with injuries, is kind of the great equalizer in the NBA right now. It's why you're seeing like a 10-point lead is not safe. Heck, a 20-point lead, double-digit leads, as we know with the Pelicans. Not a safe thing anymore. Not like it used to be with the amount of shooting and the way things are geared towards the offense in the NBA right now. So when the Pelicans can come out and hit their shots like that, and it was really C.J. McCollum carrying the Pelicans in the first quarter here, 15 points from him making five threes in one quarter alone, five of seven, along with four assists, set the tone early, and it just opened everything else up. You know, on the night, the Pelicans shot very well from three, 17 of 34. They were 50% from deep. You had CJ go six for 11. Herb Jones, three of five. What I love this one, Brandon Ingram, four of seven. And it allowed them to just do everything they wanted to do in this game. How much easier did the offense look? So So much easier, right? There was space. And one of the things that allowed was Zion Williamson to have a very, very incredibly efficient game. 
26 points on 8 of 12 shooting, 26 points on 12 shot attempts, alongside 4 rebounds, 6 assists. He had a couple more turnovers than you would have liked with 4, but when your offense is rolling like that, you can live with some of these things. You know, the 8 of 12 shooting, finishing at the rim like we expect him to do, being able to get to the line, he was 10 of 12 at the free throw line after, you know, having a rough shooting night from the stripe the other day. You know, letting him just kind of be him. And part of it was he had space, right? The Pelicans were making threes. They were punishing teams from throwing double teams at him. And what it forced the team, what it forced the Lakers to do was defend him one-on-one with Anthony Davis. And this is where we talked about the fouling and going to the free throw line being a huge advantage for the Pelicans. When you're defending him one-on-one, that's tough. You throw three, four bodies at Zion Williamson, a little bit easier to throw him off his game. You also don't see fouls called when there's so many bodies right there and he's just barreling into them because the refs are like, yeah, no, you weren't going to score. Like, tough luck. It was good defense. There was just too much for you to do. When it's one-on-one, it's different. And with Anthony Davis playing him one-on-one for the most part in this game, defending him like that, AD struggled. He put Anthony Davis in foul trouble at times, picking up two quick ones on him, right? And it allowed the Lakers then to be on the back, or forced the Lakers to then be on the back foot. Zion to have even more ability to operate. You know, that comes from Brandon Ingram taking the threes. He was 10 of 18 in this game, 26 points, eight assists, five rebounds, three steals, two blocks. I'll talk more about his defense in tomorrow's show because he's been really working hard on that end and he deserves his credit for it. So I want to break that down and look at it in tomorrow's episode along with the TV news and all of that. Some games going to be broadcast on Fox locally in New Orleans. So I'll break that all down for you um, in tomorrow's episode of Locked on Pelicans. But when Brandon is shooting four of seven from three and spacing the court like that, like everything just clicks in this game and they looked so much better Overall, the team had an offensive rating of 120. What's, what's where's the number? 129. Oh, 129.0. Their average offensive rating this season, how much better is it than that? Let me find where that number is. Is 116. They basically play with 100 possessions per game. Their pace is basically right at 100. So this game, they scored above their average by 13 points. It's really good. That's really good and shows you how well the offense is starting to click right now. And when the spacing is going well for him, it just opens everything up. And when you get these, that's why you get a strong performance from CJ McCollum. Feed him early. Have him start making an impact. And when they started closing out on CJ even harder in the second half, he was passing the ball, moving the ball. He was drawing a defender away and putting the Lakers in rotation. So guys are moving over and all the Pelicans are then doing is just trying to find the open man. When Herb Jones makes you pay three of five from deep, right? You're going to really say, oh, we need to guard him. We're going to need to put a body on him or at least like half asset compared to just doing nothing, right? And they did, and it opens things up. And then Brandon, when his shot is falling from three and they close out on him harder, he can just blow by his guy and attack the basket. You saw a couple of really good drives to the rim, something he's been doing a lot more of this season. When that three-point shot falls, that's even more open for him. And then you see him just dishing to a guy under the basket, whether it was a cutting Dyson Daniels, who then found Jonas Valanciunas below the basket or Larry Nance Jr. below the basket. We'll talk about Larry. We'll talk about Jose Alvarado, who's awesome in this game, coming up in the next segment, too. Everything just falls into place, right? You know, 
you even saw like tweaks to the rotation in this one. Fewer minutes for Dyson Daniels than normal. A couple more minutes for Jordan Hawkins, even getting some run in the first half for a stint just to put another shooter out there. And that spacing really does matter. That's exactly what you want to see. Growth from this team. This is a bit of a statement going into 2024, which welcome to that, everybody. And I love what we saw from the Pelicans in this game. Strong performances from their big three, how it should be, right? 22 for CJ McCollum, 26 each for Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson. That's going to carry the team and all of those guys working well in unison, having chemistry, trusting one another. Really the big three carrying it, starting with CJ bombing away from three early, connecting on those, just broke this game wide open. And at that point, you felt like they were going to run away with it and the Lakers weren't going to have a chance. So coming up next, though, the role players were great. Let's look at Jose Alvarado. Let's look at Larry Nance Jr. Let's look at Najee Marshall. Those guys who really stepped up in this game and elevated the team. That's going to be coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Right now, though, I'm excited to tell you about FanDuel. The NBA season is in full swing. The NFL season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. College football playoff is today. You have the Pelicans playing tomorrow against the Nets. Place a $5 bet, and no matter what, you're getting $150 in bonus bets. The app is so easy to use. There's so many different ways to bet, like the same game parlays, the live same game parlays, too. You can find new and interesting bets in the Explore tab. Make a parlay in the Parlay Hub. It's the best way to find those parlays and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and make your first bet a layup and get $150 in bonus bets. FanDuel official partner of the NFL and the official sportsbook of Locked On. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday. We'll be back to the usual schedule of everything starting tomorrow for y'all. We'll look at Brandon Ingram and his defense. I want to look at the TV stuff, talk about the TV deal a little bit more and how it's going to change this year and what it'll mean for the Pelicans going forward. Easier for you to watch games? Harder? We'll find out. We'll talk about that in tomorrow's show. So if you're an everydayer, you know what's coming. If you're an everydayer, you know this team has been playing relatively well and they've needed to make some tweaks. We'll talk a little bit more about that in the third segment of today's show support the channel by commenting down below and sharing the podcast with a friend this team's good you'll see it they're seven and three in the last 10 games and the numbers are going to make you kind of think because they've been good but let's talk a little bit more about this game the pelicans taking on the los angeles lakers a 129 109 win 20 point victory for the pels easy work on New Year's Eve, and it was even easier when your role players step up like they did in this game. Let's start with Jose Alvarado. 20 minutes of action for him. Eight points, but that's not really what we're looking at when it comes to Jose. The points are good. He made two threes. That's important, too. He's got to space the court. But really, it's just that defensive impact and the hustle he brings that just elevates everybody around him. It's the four steals, right? It was when the Lakers ran Jackson Hayes, a center, we all know who he is from the Pelicans, against Jose Alvarado, who's not above six feet, against a seven-footer, and Jose plays stout defense, strips the ball from Jackson Hayes, gets it as a steal, forces the turnover, the Pelicans go the other way. Jackson Hayes was stunned when that happened. It was LeBron James driving at the basket, Jose stepping in front and stealing the ball from him, knocking it loose, 
Pelicans get the ball, they go the other way. It was him doing the GTA steal, the Grand Theft Alvarado, the sneaky steal where he's chilling baseline, hiding, and getting LeBron James from behind, which what a moment for an undrafted player to do that move on the, the biggest start in the league in LeBron James, a top two player all time. That's very cool for Jose Alvarado. His career ended tomorrow, which is not, and we hope it doesn't. What a really cool thing to be able to say that you did. As we all know, I love Jose here. So this is really, I don't know, that was just a fun game. You know, I have doubted his long-term viability in the league with the team, you know, more so than, the, you know, in any sort of greater role than what he does right now. But if you're going to make those threes and you're going to play that kind of defense, even if it doesn't always work out, even if you give up some in the half court too because he's undersized, you still have a place on this team and it's needed. And even after the game, Zion Williamson was talking about Jose Alvarado and how that kind of those type of plays, that energy it brings to the team is needed. You know, game has an ebb and flow to it. So for him to go out, get a steal like that and kind of force everyone to kind of elevate their game, bring some energy to the team, maybe in a moment when it's lagging a little bit, has been important. We've seen Najee Marshall play a similar role, the energy guy off the bench that even if Najee's not the most skilled player in the NBA, a little out of control at times, the fact that he's going out and basically busting his ass, you know, gets these other guys to do the same thing. Najee Marshall was good in this game too. He's three of eight. That's not the best, but again, five rebounds, three steals, and won his minutes when he was out there on the court. You know, that's what you need from those bench guys. Try not to give up the lead. And as much as I've been uncertain about some of these guys, they are continually, continually, continuing, there we go, that's the word I'm thinking of, proving me wrong with their play on the court and helping the Pelicans win their games. That's the most important thing at the end of the day, right? The Pelicans still have a good record here, even if there have been moments when it felt feels like the sky is falling. But they're 19 and 14. They almost made it to 20 wins by the start of 2024. Only one, two, three, four, five. Only six teams have 20 or more wins at this point. The Pelicans came real close to being able to be the seventh team doing that. That's what, something I'll talk a little bit more about in the third segment, why we get frustrated with this team, despite the fact that they're 19 and 14, have the same record as the Dallas Mavericks, right? Have a better record than the Phoenix Suns, have a better record than the Los Angeles Lakers. He, uh, Golden State is 15 and 17. More on that to come, and I'll tell you the numbers behind that and why you should be excited about this Pelicans team going into this season. But Jose Alvarado winning his minutes, Najee Marshall doing it, Najee with that kind of like crazy basket over LeBron James that kind of tipped and fell in and just is you know chaotic good at times out there on the court and just brings a level of energy that this team at times with the starters lacks slightly concerning but if you've gotten that on the roster use it and Willie Green is and in general finding the right role players in this game I thought was important. You know, one of them being Larry Nance Jr., who I do think struggled earlier on in the year. You know, towards the end of last year, I thought struggled too, has not been healthy. And now it seems like with back-to-back really strong games, Larry Nance Jr. just might simply be back and being what we expect from him. And maybe it just simply was health. And you've got to give him credit, if that's the case, for going out and trying to play through these injuries. But it shows you the need to just rest, let your body recover, come back, and then really help the team. When you look at the individual plus minus in this game, you had Brandon Ingram plus 17. The next guy was Larry Nance Jr. plus 17 as well off the bench. Three of four, making a three. 10 rebounds, right? 
three assists in this one, 11 points, going to the line, getting all, making all of his free throws. He has looked good. The off-ball movement that he brings, the cutting that he brings to the team is different than what Jonas Valanciunas is capable of giving them. And again, Jonas has been very, very solid. I've loved how he's played this season. But Larry Nance Jr. being that smaller, more athletic, more movementable big man is exactly what this team was looking for and needing, I think, if you're not going to run the offense through Jonas Valanciunas. If you're doing that, he's great. But if you're kind of relegating him to the fourth or fifth option on the team, it doesn't work nearly as well. So him being able to go out and play like this really adds another dimension to this team. And maybe it really was as simple as he needs to get healthy. Well, he's healthy now and he's making a big impact. He does really well in the dunker spot, you know, immediately to the left or right of the basket, just kind of basically on the edge of the paint, slightly inside the paint, that area that it's called the dunker spot because the guys in there, when you get them the ball, they just go up and they, and they dunk it. So when Zion is able to drive and get some space and attack the basket and you have an outlet for him right down below the basket in Larry Nance Jr., that's great. Or Larry can cut from the corner, get the ball on the move and then put it up or curl around behind Zion to be behind and either ready for the tip in or to for Zion just kind of turn around and hand him the ball and he can go up with it. But all of the cuts, all of the off-ball movement that you've seen from him, this game, the previous game as well, that has worked really well and really led to this team getting some of these victories, right? Like you had Trey making those two threes against the Utah Jazz, which were the daggers, but you also had a dunk from Larry Nance Jr. in there from Zion Williamson. And that I think was just as important to shutting the door on that game and closing it out for New Orleans and ending, you know, the Jazz's winning streak. And in this one, to be able to do it again, against your former team, which is always great, I think really shows you that he looks back. And if he can play at this level, that's an incredibly important piece for this team. It's been two games. I want to see it a little bit longer than that. But it seems like he looks healthy. He's in the right place uh, mentally. And I'm excited to see what Larry Nance Jr. is going to be able to bring to this team going forward now that he looks fully healthy because it definitely unlocks a little bit of what they want to be able to do. So he's looked great. Jose Alvarado was incredible in this game. Najee Marshall, solid. Fewer minutes for Dyson Daniels. Again, the rotation was a little bit better, giving some to Jordan Hawkins, even if he doesn't make a shot. Again, two rebounds and assists for him in, you know, under eight minutes of action is pretty good. You're starting to see the right kind of tweaks to the roster, to the rotation, sorry, from Willie Green, and that's the type of growth that we have wanted to see. So coming up next, the Pelicans are 7-3 and three in their last 10 games since the loss to the Los Angeles Lakers. The numbers are really good. I'm going to share with you what those are and why it's a good thing the Pelicans aren't reaching their full potential just yet. And that's coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Right now, though, I'm excited to tell you about Prize Picks because Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America, and it's the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS. It's just you versus the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, pros, sharks, you pick more or less on the stat projection for two to six players, and then you watch the winnings roll in. And with basketball season underway, football still going on, you have a combo projection. You can take CJ McCollum and Travis Kelsey at a 10.5 combo of three-pointers made and and receptions. So if you want to test your skills this basketball season, 
Prize Picks is the most exciting way to do it by playing daily fantasy sports. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. And it's super simple. You can make all your picks and submit an entry in less than 60 seconds. So if you want to get in on the action, go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA and use code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. That's a first time deposit match up to $100 free money right there when you go to prizepicks.com and use promo code LockedOnNBA. PrizePicks, it's daily fantasy sports made easy. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We are here Monday through Friday, the number one Pelicans podcast, breaking down everything you want to know, looking at the game, the win over the Los Angeles Lakers, really good victory for the Pelicans to end the sea, uh, to end the calendar year on 2024. I was going to say season. The season is far from over. Pelicans currently sitting seventh in the Western Conference, tied with Dallas for six, really in a good position to actually get into the top four. The Clippers have 19 wins as well, and the Pelicans could easily get right into that mix as well and kind of pop back up there and be in the hunt for home court advantage because they're starting to figure some things out. So make sure you subscribe to Locked On Pelicans. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So you know what's going on with the team. For your second listen, Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. So as I said, this team is figuring some things out. They're not perfect yet. They have things they need to work on. I'm here to tell you this is all good. This is all good. We see the room for improvement, right? We see the potential in this team for this team. We want them to reach it. That's why some of these losses have been frustrating. The blown double-digit leads that are leading to losses when this team easily could be like right in the mix for the top spot in the Western Conference at the moment or a top two seed. We want them to be reaching that. The goal is for them to be reaching that, though, at the end of the season, not right now. And I think they're in position to be able to do some of that. When you look at them over their last 10 games since the loss to the Los Angeles Lakers, the blowout loss in Las Vegas in the in-season tournament, this team is 7-3. They're tied for the sixth best record during that stretch. Boston and Milwaukee are 9-1. The Nuggets, Clippers, Thunder are 8-2. And, and then the Heat, Timberwolves, Pelicans, 76ers, and Jazz are 7-3. <coughs> So they're in real good mix right there, real good company with a lot of these teams for how they are playing. When you look at them, the offense, by the way, fifth best in the league during that time. Uh, they're, uh, they have an offensive rating, and this is points scored per 100 possessions, and the Pelicans have a pace of 99.71 possessions per game. So for rounding that up, they're playing with 100 possessions per game. So these numbers are kind of very accurately reflecting how many points they're scoring per game during this stretch. They're scoring 121.1 points per game. That's great. Now, your offensive rating doesn't always equate to points per game. I want to make that clear. But right now, when the pace is 100, it makes it super easy. So 121.1 points per game. That is fifth best in the league. They are also giving up just 109 points per game. So you are outscoring your opponents by basically 12 points per game during the stretch. The 109 giving up their defensive rating is second best in the league over the last 10 games. Their net rating of 12.1, so let's call it 12, is third best in the league. They're essentially outscoring over these past 10 games their opponent by 12 points. They're 
rounding into form and looking really good. The offense is starting to click. You're finding the kind of right rotations. Some of the other things that are worth bringing up when we look at them by the numbers here is their defensive rebounding percentage is strong. This is grabbing the number of available defensive rebounds, right? It could go a defensive board. It could be an offensive board. They are rebounding those at basically 75%. 74.6 is their defensive rebounding rate. It's third best in the league during this time. So when we stress about the rebounds and all of that, yes, it's hurt them in one or two games. But overall this season, it really hasn't actually been that big of a problem where you go, that is a weakness of the team. You're going to have games where it doesn't work, right? You're going to have bad games. That loss to the Lakers was bad. Zion took the brunt of all of that. But as I said, you know, those games happen and I hadn't been overly concerned about Zion or even the rest of the team just yet to the point where we're panicking. Are they a title contender? Not until they figure some things out. But over these past 10 games to go seven and three, to have your offense be in the top five, to have the second best defense says they are figuring some of those things out. And this is why earlier on in the year, if you're an everydayer, I said, honestly, the fact that they have things to improve are good. If we were looking at this team and being like, I don't know what else they're supposed to be doing, right? Like, look at the the Detroit Pistons. I've been like riveted watching the losing streak, watching a lot of their basketball games just to see if it would happen or not finally did good for them but you look at that team and you're like what would you do differently and I don't really have an answer to that here we look at the Pelicans go oh do this do this do this and that'll make a world of difference having that room to grow not reaching your ceiling I think is a good thing at this point in time for a team because when they do figure those things out and clearly they're starting to over the past 10 games here you become a very good team And all of a sudden then, that's when you round into form. Now, you've got to do it against a difficult schedule coming up. And we'll look at that maybe a little bit in tomorrow's show as well. But when you look at them, you know, the offense is clicking right now. They're rebounding at a high rate. They're shooting the ball well. They're turning the ball over a little bit more than you'd like. They're in the bottom third in the league in terms of offensive turnovers. But I think that gets better as the spacing gets better. So the offense will be able to kind of recover from all of that. You'd like them to maybe pass the ball a little bit more and move it around a little bit more and not rely on as much ISO basketball as they do. But we've seen with Larry Nance Jr. back, you know, the ball is moving a little bit more when he's in those lineups with the off ball cutting and everything that he brings you. So this team is really starting to round into the right kind of form. This is exactly what you've wanted to see from this Pelicans team. Some of the losses are very frustrating. Don't get me wrong. Two of them kind of in heartbreaking fashion to the Memphis Grizzlies shouldn't have lost to the Houston Rockets either. But overall, they're taking care of business, right? Going seven and three in your last 10 is exactly what you want. Winning games at a 70% rate is incredible. You do that, you're going to be the top seed in whatever conference you're in. So they're playing very good basketball right now. And it's worth acknowledging that again. Shooting's better. Spacing's been a little bit better, I think. You know, it adds a dimension of spacing when you have Larry Nance Jr. out there. They're running some more of the right kind of combinations and lineups. They did, they won this game without Trey Murphy in, right? Like, that's pretty big, I think, too. So, as that starts to get worked through, worked out a little bit more, and expect this team to kind of keep taking off and being better, we'll just see if they're able to do it against a tough January schedule, which, good news, you'll be able to watch maybe a little bit easier for some of these upcoming games through a deal 
kind of unique with Fox 8. Uh, I'm looking forward to talking about that and what it'll mean for the future of the TV deal. That's going to be in tomorrow's show. Let's talk about Brandon Ingram, his defense as well in tomorrow's show and the tough January schedule coming up. So that's going to be the Tuesday episode, a game day episode of Locked On Pelicans for you. Again, Happy New Year. We are the Locked On Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, and I'll be back with you all tomorrow.